John is a fire and brimstone preacher. And we should listen to that because that is a reminder to us of the holiness of God. And we pick up the narrative here in the middle of John's teaching to the crowd. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I, and I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now. For it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized just as he came up from the water. Suddenly the heavens were opened to him and he saw God's spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from the heavens said, this is my son, the beloved with whom I am well pleased. From this story, I want us to notice three important things. One is about identity. God's voice comes out of heaven to declare how Jesus is his beloved and he is well pleased with his son. This is the most significant truth about us, that we belong to God. And baptism is acknowledging and receiving the truth that we are God's beloved children. No matter where we go, no matter what we do, God's love follows us, calls us by name. The early church rightly considered, as we do today, that baptism is not the point of baptism is not the point of salvation. The moment, though, that a believer is joined more fully to Christ. Second, although John baptizes Jesus, this is the work of the Spirit. The church calls baptism a sacrament. That means that it's a ritual meant to impart divine grace. In this congregation, we say that it's a sacred moment where God promises to meet with us. In baptism, the assurance of God is conferred upon us in ways that we can't even begin to explain. When we read about the dove coming down and hearing the voice of God, that's meant to show us the supernatural nature of baptism. God shows up. Third, John gives a warning here for those who are living as they want or living as though God is not relevant. His message is that Jesus' ministry is going to separate out those who believe from those who don't. And this also is part of the baptism narrative. Because in baptism, a choice is being made about putting Jesus first in one's life. Next, we go to the book of Romans, the queen of the epistles written by Paul. As we talked about a few weeks ago, Romans gives the most broad overview of the message of the good news of the Bible. We are sinners, and God in his righteousness provides a redeemer, and we are saved by grace through believing in Jesus. And in this chapter, Paul is highlighting a significant truth for Christians, that we are to live as those who are dramatically rescued from death. The defining characteristic of those who trust the Messiah is that they are alive in Christ. 
So this is the word of the Lord from Romans 6. What then are we to say? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may increase? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we also might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed, so that we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful passage about the reality of life and death. This is an integral piece of what baptism means. Those who decide to be baptized have already surrendered their lives to Jesus to accept the death Jesus offered on the cross as their own, believing with certainty that their sins are forgiven because of God's great love. The picture here is a mirror, isn't it, of baptism. When a person goes into the water, it's a symbol of dying to self. And then just as Jesus rose again, they are raised to new life. Being baptized is an act where the believers are saying they know with certainty that they are alive in Christ, that they are freed from the power of sin. Augustine was the one who said that this sacrament is an outward and visible sign of an inward and invisible grace. It's a mystery how God meets us in this time. But in this action, God gives powerful assurance to the ones being brought out of the water. In the church age, it's been a big deal to be baptized for a few different reasons. One is because of what Paul is talking about here. Baptism is a defining moment between how one formally lived and declaring one's intention to not only live for Christ, but to allow God to transform them from the inside out. It's a promise to be faithful to the Lord who died for us. And the other reason why it's a big deal is because not only is there an identification with Jesus, but we're also choosing to be part of the body, the church, which is not always a popular choice in whatever culture one lived in then and lives in now. So baptism is a testimony of God's saving grace. Today, as you know, we are baptizing seven people. We filmed six of those being baptized. One of them was out of town, so she's going to do it live in first service. But we filmed them so that you could hear in their own words why they're being baptized and why they're choosing at this time to publicly profess what Christ has done for them. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.